Evening everybody, how are we doing? Apologies for being ever so slightly late, just needed the brew. Mm. As you do, welcome to another edition of a Wednesday Night with Nige. Probably try and speed through it a little bit quicker this evening because we are, what, 28 minutes away. Uh, final day World Test Championship, day six. Do like that option, haven't had the extra reserve day. It's just a shame that, oh, I don't know if we're going to get the result that, that anyone's really looking for. Uh, God bless the English summer, uh, but it is what it is. It was interesting, actually, Ross, who's a regular contributor to the page, he was uh, getting in contact with me. And it, it's something, and I think I might have actually done it on the page last year at some point there, the old umpiring thing. You, you score a test match the same way that you would a boxing match. So each session is a round, and you do a must a 10-point must-scoring system. And I think it'd be quite interesting if you scored the test match based on that theory, I think New Zealand would be ahead on points heading into the final day. Um, it's one thing that I've always wondered. The only concern is obviously it would leave it open to the same sort of trouble that we have sometimes in boxing, which is a little bit of dodgy umpiring or dodgy judging, that sort of thing. But I think it'd be quite an interesting theory to have. And I know we did it on the page once, uh, for a test match here in New Zealand, it was one where the Black Caps absolutely thumped somebody, so it didn't kind of have the same effect that we wanted. But, uh, look, fascinating setup. That's going to be part of the conversation we're going to have tonight. There's questions on cricket. We've got questions on league, football, baseball, NBA, um, favourite sportsman. There's a little tweak in here uh, from uh, the OBC. That'll be coming up a little bit later on in the show. Then, of course, as always, if you didn't send anything through via the Facebook page, uh, facebook.com, Nigel Yon Sports, Feel free to pop uh, a question or a comment or anything like that uh, into the comment section of uh, this one here. As I say, probably look to move through it quite quickly because there is quite a good test match that we should probably be concentrating on. Um, but we'll just see how we go timing-wise uh, with regards to that there. So let's get stuck into it. And I'm just going to go a bit random here. And we'll just see exactly where it turns. So I normally try and put them in a little bit of a, a, a discernible order, one that makes sense. Just going to do them as they came through, or came off the Facebook page anyway to start off with. So here we go. Starting up, Isaac, who's got a multitude of questions. Isaac's really spread the uh, the net quite wide here. Uh, but this is his first one. Is Reese Walsh too young for State of Origin, or is it a great move? Also, do you think Queensland can level this series? First of all, can Queensland level the series? Yes, they can. But they're going to have to play the games of their lives to try and stop what is a really confident and very settled New South Wales outfit. I agreed with the assessment. I think it might have been of Phil Rothfield, and I don't often agree with Buzz, to be quite honest, but it is a better-looking side with Papali in the front row along with Welsh. Those are big, solid ball runners. They've got to attack. I don't think McCulloch will start. I think you will find that there will be a last-minute drag and Ben Hunt will start at hooker. Why? Because he's a more of an attacking option. Andrew McCulloch is great. He will provide great service. He will tackle anything wearing blue that moves. Um, but the fact remains is that Queensland can't be passive. They've got to be assertive. They've got to be aggressive. And I think Hunt is the best way to try and spark some attack in conjunction with a Cam Munster who's um, had some time to, to, a little extra time. He looks better. He'll look better for having that time to get over the injuries. So for mine, can they? Yes. Will they? No. Is Reese Walsh too young for State of Origin? No. 
Uh, we have heard, you know, why did the Warriors get him? Well, apparently the Broncos thought he wasn't ready for first grade. Well, he's proved that wrong. Um, he does remind so much, and it's the obvious comparison to, to Kalen Pong. I think Kalen Pong is debut. Granted, I think he came off the bench, but I think he spent 30 or 40 minutes at lock in one of his first Origin games because Queensland were hit by injuries. He's clearly got the mental fortitude to be able to deal with it. It's Look, if you're an 18-year-old wanting to play for Queensland, how's this for a dream debut? Game two, Lang Park in Brisbane. Up against, backs against the wall. Man, it's, it, it's, he, he's shown that he has got it. That factor. The, and the same, and I think we've seen it to a slightly lesser degree with Sam Walker, who's had a little bit of issues maintaining the consistency, but I think Walsh is showing that he is ready and mentally no issues with confidence. So, yeah, I, I think, I don't know if it's a great move. I guess time will tell. I know Phil Gould was very, very um, adamant that it was a poor decision by Queensland. If it was a Queensland side of two, three years back where you had your Slaters and your Smiths and your Cronks, uh, those sort of guys all around him, then, yeah, fine. Thought it was a little bit different, but I think you've got to do something. You've got to be positive. You've got to attack, and I think that's the way to go. So it's going to be a tough ask. That first one that goes up will be testing for him, but he just has something about him, Reese Walsh. So I think, you know, great move, time will tell, but I like the decision to give him a go because he will, I think, rise to the occasion. I can't see Queensland levelling it, though. Overturning a 50-6... to six, gap in, in this length of time don't know but I expect Queensland to go absolutely balls out in terms of attack I really think they're just going to go for it from Craig looking at the All Black squad that have been picked do you think they will pick specialists or play players outside of their usual positions like they have done in the past couple of years I think for the most part you're actually going to see the people chosen in their specialist position the only question mark there I suspect will be the likes of Bowden uh, sorry Geordie Barrett may be starting on a wing, and it's whether you still think Bowden is, can be classed as a specialist fullback, which I think he can be. I think he's a specialist 10 and a specialist fullback. So whether you think him playing at fullback is out of position. So I think for the most part you will see a side where players will play the position that we have become accustomed to seeing them in. I think you will see David Harvey in 12. You will see Rico Iwani in 13, which is the position which we are now starting to become accustomed to seeing him playing for the Blues. I think you will see um, Adi Savia playing at seven, not eight, with no Sam Kane there. So I think for the most part, Craig, they will pick those specialist players in those specialist positions. And as I say, the only one maybe possibly out of position might be a Geordie if they push him out to the wing. But you've got to remember that they've got a really good opportunity here to give players opportunities. And if you are going to give players chances, the best way to do it is put them in their specialist position with the good, experienced players around them. was lucky enough to speak with Quintal Pyre um, the other day. Well, when was it? Yesterday, actually, after being called up from the Māori All Blacks to the full All Blacks squad. And we were talking, you know, you've obviously played against Richard Moonga a lot. What do you think it's going to be like to be working outside of Richie Moonga, working outside of Aaron Smith, working outside of maybe a, a Bowden Barrett. And he was just like, these, these are names of people that I just I wanted to wanted to be like. I wanted to get into the All Blacks because of them. So 
I think that's always the case. You've got to play them in their best position, particularly if they are starting out. And in a lot of cases, they've got no choices. De Groot's a loose head prop. So he's going to he's they're going to he's going to roll out in that particular position. Christie's halfback. You're not going to stick him out on a wing, things like that. So I think for the most part, um, yeah, I think they'll go specialist, and that makes sense. You'll see the people with the very with the abilities to maybe mix and mingle a little bit. They're going to be named on that bench, which is what we've seen from the All Blacks in recent times. From DG, would a New Zealand Baseball League with the same amount of teams as the NBL or Ford Trophy, I'm assuming work, there is a missing there? I guess so. I think baseball's starting to get itself established nicely, but I think you another couple of seasons maybe of the Tuatara in action, then maybe you can look at that sort of thing. I know that there is national leagues floating around for baseball, um, but I guess in terms of maybe expanding it out, I think you really need a launching pad off the back of the Tuatara, which I think they're getting quite nicely at the moment. Um, down to the last four teams in the NBA, how good. Two game sevens. And they were good game sevens as well, I might add too. Who would be your pick on form to win the Larry O'Brien Trophy? It's the Phoenix Suns on form. DG, I like the balance to the squad, even without Chris Paul there. And that was my big question mark, is if something befell Chris Paul, and in this case we are talking about he's coming back from uh, COVID, he's still in those COVID protocols, questionable for Game 3, chance they could get him back. But they are still delivering. Great start to the series, nice win today. The guy who's really impressing the heck out of me, and I mentioned him last week, is DeAndre Ayton. I think he is, as I said last week, he understands his role, he's not the primary, he's comfortable with not being the primary, even though he is the top pick, and he is just stepping up his game. At the, at the moment, I can sit here and make a really good argument, and, and I know it's one that's not going not gonna to happen, because it's a guy like Devin Booker, probably at the moment, or a Giannis, uh, are the ones, or a Trey Young, they're the ones that are going to get. But in terms of playoff MVP, I can give you a really good case for what DeAndre Ayton is doing at the moment and how key that is going to be to what I believe is team winning the title. I think they can take, whoever comes out of the East, I think if it's the Hawks, definitely Suns could take them. If it's Milwaukee, I think it's a great battle, but I think then Ayton becomes really key defensively against Giannis, particularly as he looks to try and penetrate Outside in. So I think this is going to be a fascinating one. Suns for me at the moment. Um, I still think this is this has opened up now. This is now Milwaukee's best chance. Winning that game seven in Brooklyn. This, this is opens up. Giannis, this is your time. You and your boys have got to take it. Drew Holiday maybe to do a number, I think, on Trey Young. That's going to be the key matchup for me from this particular series is whether Drew can, can handle Trey. Um, but just great series. And those... Just love Game 7s. Best two words in American sport. Game 7s. Just brilliant. So there you go. I'm going Suns. Mark Paird will love that. Uh, Isaac again sneaking in. This is the second of his three questions. How are you liking Euros thus far? Loving it. What I've seen, and I haven't seen as much as I would have liked. Don't worry. Come round to 16. I'll be I'll be there with bells on. Um, who are you liking to win this thing? Whoever comes out of Group F. And so t- tomorrow's massive, massive morning in terms of that there. I suspect it's going to be France and Germany coming out of Group F, and I like either of those teams to then sort of pitch on and uh, get get the job done. Stoked for Denmark after, you know, that, that 
horrible start in terms of what they had to watch Christian Eriksen go through. Great to see them make it through, uh, even though it did mean that my beloved Finns got, got knocked out. Look, England's going okay. I'm not going to get too pumped up on them as though as much as I'd love to see Harry Kane lifting that trophy. Um, Wales could be sneaky. Maybe that's the bail factor in. I don't know. I think they could be one to watch. I haven't actually mind what Austria has done, but it's hard to get a gauge on that particular pool because it was a bit softer. Um, and, yeah, Belgium's rolling along quite nicely. But I really think the teams, whoever comes out with it, it's France, Germany, France, Portugal, Germany, Portugal, whatever way that works out, I don't even know if that's possible with one of those last ones there with the France-Portugal one. Um, whoever comes out of that one, I think they're going to be a really good shot. I think they're going to be a very good shot in that one. But I'm loving it. This is... It's a great tournament. Haven't seen as much. I've watched little bits and bobs sort of online of Corporate America, but yeah, Euros just works for me, big time. Uh, Isaac's third question. Thoughts on the Test Championship final thus far? Yeah, it's been good. It's been good Test cricket. And, and that's what you want in the final of the World Test Championship. You want good Test cricket. It's been trying. It's been battling. We've, we've seen, you know, uh, I think a nice balance. Shame about the weather. I still think it's going to end up being a draw. Um... And you're right, Isaac, it has set up for a really intriguing final day. Um, do I think, in terms of winning it, or will it be a draw? Uh, look, I wouldn't want to be batting last on this pitch, and that's what concerns me from a Black Caps point of view. Key to victory, look, there's, there's one really big key for the Black Caps. I'm going to be captain obvious, I'll put my captain obvious cap on, get Coley early. Got to get Virat Kohli. You got to get rid of him. You take him early. When I say early, inside the first half an hour, that there's going to have a massive impact, I think, on the game. So that's the key. They've got to get rid of Virat nice and early. Then that gives the the Black Caps a real opportunity, I think, to try and push on, maybe roll, and have a small target to try and chase down in a short period of time. I just wouldn't want to be batting last on that particular pitch. Um, but it is set up. It's. I suspect we're going to end up seeing a draw, but you never know. Why? Because it's test cricket, and we love test cricket, and it's the it's the uncertainty, it's the um, it, it's just, yeah, it's just the it's the unknown that comes with a final day of test match cricket. We've seen teams thinking they're cruising, they're cruising. They got this in the bag, and next minute a bowler comes in and just has his day, has his moment has their day, and boom, all of a sudden we're talking about something completely different. Um, so I think it is going to be quite fascinating. Thank you, Isaac, for all three of your questions. Daniel, do you think it's healthy uh, that Super Rugby Trans-Tasman is coming down to who beat the Australian teams by the most? Is that healthy for the game? No, but ironically, for the last three rounds, it actually kept interest. Um, there was that intrigue when, you know, the... When the Crusaders shelled that, lost that bonus point in the final minute against the the Force. I mean, goodness gracious me, the the reactions. It was like the Force had won it. So it maintained interest in it. It kept geeks like me sort of working out combinations and permutations and all that sort of stuff. It's not healthy, but at least it was keeping people interested in the um, final outcome. And we got a really good final at the end of it, but ironically that was because we had two New Zealand teams playing each other. Um, I'm not sold. I still don't think it's the answer in terms of Super Rugby going forward. 
Um, and, I, and I see reading the, the outstanding Paul Cully uh, today. There's a few question marks with regards to both the uh, Fiji and Drua and um, Moana Pacifica floating around. Um, look, yeah. I, I still just like the idea of Super Rugby, Aotearoa, get to your finishing point, Oz, get to yours, South Africa, let's get this club right. That's the way forward. It lessens the season, less games, but I think it heightens the importance of the games. And I think that World Club Rugby, World Club Challenge, I think that would be the way to go. I think that's that would be something that World Rugby really do need to move on. Stop dragging the feet. Um, from Matt, uh, Oregon Bureau Chief, a couple of steals at the breakdown this weekend, so he's borrowed a couple. The Aotearoa uh, Rugby Pod was discussing the loops forward. So all things considered, if you had to pick three guys to start a test and a couple on the bench, who would you pick? Is this the toughest position to pick? No. Frizzell, Savia, Satutu with Papali'i on the bench. Done. Uh, from Darcy, it really is that simple. Don't overcomplicate things. It's that's it. If you want your front liners for a test, that's your best loose forward combination as it stands at the moment. Frizzell at six, Savia at seven, and Satutu at eight. Okay, with Dalton on the bench because Dalton can cover 6, 7 and 8. But you can move Artie around and play him at 8 and put Dalton on the side. So you've got options with that particular combination. And I won't be putting two on the bench because I'm only having one because obviously I'm going to use the likes of a Scott Barrett or a Tupovai. Guys, you can play 6 as well if I want to go down that particular route too. But you're going to see, I think, a lot of movement around, I think, with the way um, Ian Foster selects his team for these three test matches. Uh, this is one from Darcy, and this was a really fascinating one that uh, Matt sent through. Uh, Darcy Watergrave, uh, host of Sports Talk on a uh, Saturday, on a um, what is he Monday, Monday to Friday? No, Tuesday to Friday, and then he hosts um, the All Sport Breakfast on a Saturday morning on News Talk ZB. Who are the players slash sports people active now that you have to watch? They put bums on seats and sell tickets. Who is it for you? Matt's throwing with um, Ashohei Otani, who is the Angels pitcher, and he's a DH as well. Matt, um, I got no one. I sat there and I thought about it and I said, who are the players, who are the athletes, who are the drivers, who are um, the, the sports people that I have to sit down and watch? And I came up completely blank. I got no one. I, I don't see anyone like a Muhammad Ali. I don't see anyone like a Michael Jordan. I don't see anyone like a Rupini Thathawambutha or a Christian Cullen back in the day where you had to watch them play. A Jonah Lomu. I don't see a Tiger sort of pre the car accident slash pre the the revelations of his you know industrial scale adultery. I don't see a K1 Mark Hunt, who any time there was there's a K1 tournament Mark Hunt's in it. I wanted to watch that or a Ray Siffle or somebody like that. Um, I just could not think of anybody. I couldn't think of anybody. Even even as exciting and as fun as Israel Adesanya is, I still didn't have that. You know I've got to watch Izzy fight. I didn't have that feeling. I got no one. Absolutely no one. Don't have Canelo Alvarez. You know, not, I don't. Okay. I, I, I really battled. I really battled with this. I couldn't think of anybody. Um, maybe I'm getting old and grumpy. Um, but I just didn't have anyone there. Even watching, you know, watching KD in that game seven. And you, you just... Man, just awesome, just playing himself to, to absolute exhaustion. But it was still like a case of, well, you know. I, I didn't go looking to that game specifically for Kevin Durant. 
So, it's, it, you know, it's not like a Kobe or, or a Jordan type situation or a Bird or a Johnson in the day to use those guys. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I, can't, I drew a blank, Matt. I really drew a blank. Hopefully, the people, though, who are, um, are watching this, chuck some comments in the section. Tell me, who who are the ones? Who are the must-sees for you? Who are, the, who are yours? The people that you have to watch. Um, yeah, the likes of anytime Maradona stepped on a pitch wearing the Argentine jersey. I, I don't have anyone like that. I don't see anyone like that at the Euros at the moment. I don't see anyone who I have to watch. Even my beloved Harry Kane. Gareth Bale, the guys out of Tottenham who you know, I, I adore watching. It's not compulsory. I don't have to do it. So you may have some thoughts with regards to that. I just I don't see that kind of star power. I don't see the Jordan or the Ali or the Woods in his pomp. I don't see that kind of star power. Um, you may, and I hope you do. So get them fl- flicking through if you do. I'd really appreciate that. Me, I wait Zippy from Brisbane. I hope you got over there, my friend. Uh, let's see. AB Selectors did really well selecting that squad on Monday. Great inclusions. About time for David Harvey getting another look in. Great to see Blackadder and Christy get named too. I really hope that seeing those three in the squad gives hopes out there to kids who aren't playing first 15 that can still be an all-black. Those threes never made the first 15s for their school. I thought Finlay was in the St. Kent's first 15. Are we sure on that? I'm pretty sure he's in that really good St. Kent's first 15. Either way, you're right, though. I mean, the guy who's always been the example for me has been Luke Romano, who I don't even, I don't even think he got above third 15. Um, it, it, I do love that. I think that's really great. Uh, Zippy feels a bit sorry for Tom Robinson missing out on the AB squad. Uh, one of her favourite players, good workhorse, great forward. Who do I think was unlucky to miss out, Zippy? Uh, she's gone with Hugh Renton and Aiden Ross. There's two others that I felt unlucky. I felt, I did feel sorry for Aiden Ross because I think in terms of over the course of the entire season, that's Aotearoa and Trans-Tasman, Aiden Ross was by far the most consistent performing loosehead prop. From woe to go, right the way through, thought he played at a really high level. Now, I'm not begrudging Ethan the group because, man, you can see the talents there. He is a big chunk of Southland beef. And he got better. His consistency got better right throughout the competition. Ross, who contributes to the pay, Plage, I uh, should say, president of the Ethan the Group fan club. You know, we're saying, why aren't you seeing? It? I said, I just, I see good games and I see a drop. I see good games and I see a drop. What he then got, he started to develop that consistency from around about round seven, eight onwards of Super Rugby Aotearoa. I can understand why Greg Fink wants to get his mitts on him. Completely understand it. Bauer, Hodgman, uh, Bauer, yep, played good. I just thought Aiden Ross had earned. He's done the work. I thought he was so consistent. I thought he was a better option myself, so I felt a little bit for Rossi. The obvious one, though, is Lester Fahinga'anuku. I think in that squad, we're missing a genuine out-and-out power wing. If you're going to use your Wani as a centre, where's the big power winger? Like we had with success last year with Caleb Clark. And again, I thought there's a player on form who should be there and can also cover centre. He played really well when he was moved into 13. So I think I would have had him there ahead of Braden Enor. I would have had asked Braden just go back, play some games for Canterbury. Um, again, personal view. Personal view there. Um, but I really feel for Leicester Whangaanuku. Uh, just had a great season. 
So those are my, my ones there. And uh, then Zibi also just goes on. Uh, great race by Verstappen, uh, F1 in France. Edge of the seat racing. Got Hamilton on the last lap, or penultimate lap, I should say. Great move. Crowd going off. Good to see Perez on the podium as well. Uh, it's, it is good to see just different drivers up there. Plaudits Lance Stroll after that tra- crash in Baku goes zippy. Didn't get a qualifying time. Started 19th on the grid and still got the point. Agree. Um, Formula One starting to drag me back in. It, it's it's interesting again. You've got to have that variety in order to have the, the interesting component to it. And finally, it was a late one coming through. He's in Orkney. From the Orkney Golf Course, apparently. A bit challenging today for Alex. Up there in Scotland. How good, John Rahm? Yeah, great. And you hit it on the head when you say good karma. Uh, for those not familiar, John Rahm had a three-shot lead at the previous tournament. Got a positive COVID test. Was given to him on the 18th hole. That was it. Out had a six-shot lead heading into the final round. Would have had a six-shot lead. Um, and and it's just great. And uh, by all accounts, this, he's one of the good dudes. And so congratulations to John Rahm. And you're right, good karma indeed. Your reaction, though, he wants my reaction on the second question. Thoughts? The 50-20 in line dropout getting the go-ahead for test match footy. We don't need 50-20. We really don't. Do not need 50-20 in the game of rugby. Um, and I have commentated this because it was part of Super Rugby uh, Aotearoa under-20s down in Topo. Uh, the first time they did it, the person didn't even realise what they'd done. And the referees were like, oh, hang on. So, yeah. And the line dropout, I still don't like that. I, I don't think... It builds the pressure like World Rugby thinks it builds the pressure or it's supposedly meant to do. So anyway, right, we've got people wandering out into the field in Southampton. So I'm just going to quickly run through this and I'll let everyone get to uh, the cricket, which isn't too far away from getting underway. Uh, Evening, Nige. Thank you, Craig. Ross, what's your brew tonight? Just went with the old-fashioned instant from Countdown, my friend. Uh, He's on and starting to get into his third evening for cricket, and it is. Righty-ho. To get Geordie on the field, will they use him at 12? Look, you, you're preaching to the converted here. And you're right with what you say, Ross. Sonny Bill style. Big long arms, great with the offload. He is physical, he loves the combat, he can get the arms through, he's creative. Kicking game, probably a better kicking game in terms of the creativity at 12 than what Sonny Bill had. Will Jordan at 14, Bowden at 15? Look, yeah, I, I would love to see Geordie given a shot at 12. I think that is his position. Um, but man, oh man. Uh, another one. Chasing 150 in a seasons and a half. I'd love to see Southie or Jamison promoted to three. No, you don't. Just You've got batsmen there to do a job. You don't have to be silly. Okay? Don't have to be silly. And if you're going to promote someone, you put you put um, Colin de Grandholm up there. Uh, from um, Joe. Evening head knock. Trust you well, mate. Do the All Blacks really need 36 players in their squad considering they're playing Samoa and Tonga? Six or more fringe All Blacks could be playing club, rugby, supporting grassroots, which according to the NZAU is a problem in New Zealand. Yeah, great point, head knock. Really good point there. Look, it's about squad depth, I suppose. So in terms of... And it's budgeted too. So the budget is there for the All Blacks. So they're going to do that. They can and have in the past taken it up a little bit higher. 36 
it'll be interesting to see what happens, whether if you get pushed over to the Māori All Blacks and they spread that, because I thought the Māori All Blacks squad was a little bit light myself there. Um, would it be great to have them playing club rugby? Yep, would be. It'd be great. I'd still love to see that weekend where, you know, the, they go back and they play, or you have those opening two rounds of the NPC where they go back and play. But, man, you know... I know it's about saving money, but they will have it all budgeted there. 36 players, injuries, training, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I see your point. Do we really need it? Why not just have 31 as we do for a Rugby World Cup? Fully agree. Fully agree with it. But I think in some cases, you know, the likes of De Groot, it's also about um, getting them into the system, having them in there for a week. They may not play, but just getting to understand the way it works. And again, this is something that we have seen over time in the All Blacks as they like to get players in. So they may not spend much time. They had the old apprentice scheme. I think Geordie and Artie Savia did that on a couple of end-of-year tours. So I think that's part of it as well, the introduction side of things. Look, to be fair, look, all those players are going to get game time. You will see De Groots. Um, start a test match. You will see. I, I think you will see Quinta Pia start, probably at uh, Hamilton. I think last test he'll get a run. That makes sense. We've seen them do that in the past. Um, but yeah, I think it's. I think it's interesting. Uh, Ross saying, I know we're talking about respecting teams, but we only need 26 or 27. As Tonga have never gotten within 50 of us. Yeah, true. You take 26 into a squad. You have a couple of injuries. Look, you're always going to carry. You're going to carry three specialists in front row. So three hookers, three loose head props, three tight head props. Okay, so straight away, what are we talking there? That's nine. Always going to carry three halfbacks. That's 12. And so we're talking 24 for all the other positions. Math just doesn't work. So I get the point that everyone's making. I get the point, Joe, you're making. We had a little bit of a chinwag about that earlier in the week. Um <laughs> I think there's a lot really hinging on this uh, Silver Lake thing. So that'll be quite fascinating to see how that go. But you do have to respect the opposition. But I think they will be turning around telling it's about us. It's about us. It's about getting these guys involved. Um, and it's a great opportunity. Let's be honest, it's a great opportunity to blood some players. So, yeah. Great, great conversation. I really just want to know what's happening with Silver Lake at the moment because that's gone very, very quiet. Very quiet. Um, Craig saying, I saw earlier in the week Aussie Rugby agreed to the Super Rugby format, to a Super Rugby format next year. Yeah, that's fine. You folks who have watched this particular broadcast, have listened to the podcast, know my feelings on this. Okay? The Club Rugby World Challenge, whatever you want to call it, that is the only way you are going to start to get some kind of consistency in terms of a global calendar. Align the big competitions. It can be done. It's almost there. It's the way to get, in particular, those big owners of those French clubs interested in giving a reason to actually look at the global calendar. Give them a reason to. And you've got to you have really got to go at their ego. That's the only way to do it. Make sure that you drag them in by saying, you could be the owner of the greatest club in all of the world. We're going to give you this opportunity once a year. That's how it's done. Um, I say, look, 
Super Rugby Trans-Tasman, I didn't mind it. It was great. It was neat seeing New Zealand teams playing other teams. And I still, look, you go through it and I'll say, yeah, force, best team, best unit in terms of that. They fought, they had the one blowout loss against the Hurricanes. But you look at everything else. Was it one point loss to the Chiefs? Ten point loss to the Highlanders? Eight point loss to the Crusaders and cost the Crusaders a bonus point. You could say cost them the spot in the final. And down 28 zip at half time against the Blues. Scored three unanswered tries and actually forced, you know, the, the Blues to go, actually, we're not going to take something in the corner. We're going to actually take a shot for goal here because you guys are getting far too close. Force of the best team. The best talent is the Queensland Reds, undoubtedly. Okay? The team with the best coaching and the best game plan is the Brumbies. So, you know, I think it's... I think they would have learned a heck of a lot. I think New South Wales is just an absolute shambles. And they've just got to get so many things right off the field. Um, and in terms of the Rebels, look, they're going to continue to bash away there because of what the market is. But, yeah, I'm just... I'm not sold on that one. I think it's really time for Australia probably just to, to, to cut the losses there myself. But anyway, I, I, they've got some talent there. But do I think it'll be any different in 12 months' time if they run this competition? Sadly, no, I don't think we will. Um, I think, though, if they took a team out and cut it back to four, I think then you get the talent in the spots and then you would see some genuine difference. And Greg, um, oh, a bit of a bit of a sad finish here. Six years ago today, we lost one of uh, the great cult heroes in New Zealand rugby, Norman Berryman. Um, Favourite cult hero in any sport? Oh, jeez. That's a cracking question. Very good question. Oh, the old cult hero. Oh, it's... I don't know, Lance, Lance Keynes was a bit of a cult hero when I was growing up after he did the six sixes. Um, so that could be one. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Yeah. Got me on the spot. I'd have to th I'd have to think about that one a little bit more, Greg. I might mull on that one. Maybe that's something we could throw into the mixer next week. Um, great question, though. Great question. Yeah, sad loss, too. I actually threw up. I don't know. If anyone wants a little bit of a giggle um, before I let you all go and, and settle in for the, uh, the cricket, um, I threw up an over-30s team of Super Rugby. Uh, I'll tell you what, my team, my team would cause some chaos. We had a good over-30, a good over-30, based on form this year. So all they had to do was play. We only played a couple of minutes, but it wasn't a bad team. Top of my head. So it was, my over-30s team of the year was Joe Moody, Ash Dixon, who was captaining, Angus Tuttleval, Sam Whitelock, Bryn Evans, who was outstanding for the Highlanders, Liam Messam, Brendan O'Connor, Liam Squire, Aaron Smith, Dane Coles was my first five. And you know he could play the position. You know he could play it. Um, my wings, who am I? Oh, Julian Savia and Bryce Heem. How good was Bryce Heem for the Blues? Midfield combination, Rennie Ranger and Richard Kahui. I'm allowed to pick it. It's my team. I don't care if he's playing in, in Australia. Cax is my centre. And then Nehi Milner Scudder as the um, outside back. As, uh, sorry, as the fullback. So, I think it's a good team. I think it's a very good team. I think it would take some. It would take some back. Because there's some players as well I could throw onto the bench too. Which would be very good. Um, I think we're going to leave it there because we are into the uh, final session, uh, the first session, final day, World Test Championship. And I know there'll be a bunch of folks who will either be wanting to listen or watch that. So, I'm going to let you go. 
A reminder, uh, just keep pinging the questions through um, via the Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash Nigel Yolden Sports. Uh, keep the comments coming through on this particular stream if you want to. Go right ahead. Uh, and just keep your ears out. Hopefully I'm going to get some, a, a Nigel Yolden podcast episode done at some point over the course of the next uh, few weeks. It'll be kind of nice to, to do that as well. Enjoy the Test Match Cricket. What is it at the moment? 68 for 2. Coley 11. Uh, Pujara is on 13, as he says, looking over his glasses. Um, 68 for 2. Enjoy it. I look forward to doing this again uh, next Wednesday night. Really appreciate your time. Enjoy the cricket. Enjoy your sport. Uh, enjoy Origin too, and we'll have another good discussion next uh, Wednesday night. Thank you very much for joining us here on uh, Wednesday night with Nige. Go well.